You are now listening to The Jason D'Amico Show. Greetings, folks. Welcome back to The Jason D'Amico Show. And uh, thanks for subscribing to the YouTube channel, listening on Spotify, iTunes, iHeart, Simplecast, and all the other platforms. This, I feel like in in an indirect way, is a long time coming because our very special guest on this episode, we haven't really talked in years, but we've stayed in touch in and out through social media. And um, we got a real treat for you guys today. He's a voice, the voice 2018, one of the contestants in the 2018 uh, roster of the show. Uh, He's opened up for a bunch of huge names in the country, genre, Jason Michael Carroll, Jason Aldean, Joe Nichols, David Nail, the Cadillac Three. And um, yeah, actually, I'll say this. I was going to save this for later, but uh, I got to say, man, I'm not that much of a country fan, but this guy just kind of took it to a whole other level for me today when reviewing his music. Please welcome to the show my good friend, Mr. Mikkel Buck. How you doing, everybody? It's good to see you, dude. Good to see you too, man. Via via phone screens, man. <laughs> yeah, it's strange times. It is. It was strange times before this happened, dude. It really, <laughs> it really was. It really was. So, but thanks for having me, dude. I appreciate hey, it. yeah, glad we can make it work. Yeah, I was telling you earlier that uh, I'm not very tech savvy, so something breaks down on my end. I apologize to your listeners and viewers and such. <laughs> I'm not either. It's just by default, by, by yeah. necessity. Yeah, I asked my, my, my nine-year-old to help me out on some stuff sometimes. To how to turn on the iPad and all that stuff. I got to ask, I got to ask my kids how to do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've got some ground to cover here. You've had quite a career already and uh is that was that is what that's what it's called with a career <laughs> I, I, I think that's what they call it i thought you're supposed to make money in a career i don't know yeah, yeah I, uh, I i thought so as well yeah <laughs> i i've hustled a long time man i i really have uh but that's that's probably the best part of it you know uh you know, dwight yokum said one time once he got famous he remembered he thought the good times were behind him because of the the struggles weren't there anymore to keep it interesting, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. Well, beginning stages for you, let's just start kind of like how you got into music. I read somewhere that you actually started playing drums first. I, did. I read that yeah. correctly. I did. I still, uh, I still hop behind a kit on some live shows on a normal, uh, just one or two songs, just kind of, Musical chairs kind of entertaining factor, but yeah, I started. Uh, my mom, we're from uh, the hollows of West Virginia, and bluegrass was just so popular. Bluegrass gospel, and her family, uh, they all played uh, some kind of instrument fiddle, mandolin, banjos. They all sang that family harmony of cousins and brothers and sisters singing together while the kids played in the yard type stuff. Um, so I was always around that. Uh, I love bluegrass to the day, but it's just like never been my thing. 
Uh, of course, rebellious stage, I started listening to a lot of Pantera and Metallica. When oh, I got yeah. my first first Metallica album, I was like, Ooh. but I, you know, I seen Charlie Daniels on my dad's shoulders at five years old. Kind of knew then. I was like, this is cool. This is a cool thing. I'd like to do that, you know. But I always once I started playing drums, never thought I'd move up to a front man at all. I was kind of shy and uh, <clears throat> played drums through punk rock bands and metal bands and funk bands and whatever we could throw together through the school days and stuff between playing sports and whatnot. And I'd always knew two or three chords on a guitar enough to take around at the house, but I found myself writing a ton, just kind of weird poems and whatever my thoughts was. Like I said, I never was expressive vocally. So I just, always write stuff down kind of keep it hidden in a drawer so nobody can find my my stuff and then i think i was working a tugboat job out of west virginia all on coal out of the river about 18 years old after high school and it's like well kind of had these songs in my head i'm gonna go learn more than three chords on a guitar and see if i can write some songs and went out and bought a cheap washburn guitar with one of my paychecks and start taking the guitar on the boats with me and uh i remember not even be able to hear because the, the engines were so loud on the boats in some spots you know what i mean little boats right. push up the canal river and, uh i'd get off and everybody was telling me i should sing and i never thought fancied myself much of a singer i know i could carry a tune and uh so i go to these karaoke bars well, i didn't really like doing karaoke um so one of the guys he's like you got your guitar with you. I was like, yeah, he's like, plug it in. And I didn't even have one of those, like the acoustic electrics. I had to go buy that Dean Markley little sound hole thing with the cord. Yeah. Just yeah. to be able to plug my that <laughs> like a little pl- pickup thing. Yeah. The thing sounds actually pretty good. I mean, I, uh, they, they sound pretty good, but, uh, I would go plug it in his little powered PA thing. Yeah. with his karaoke thing at this one bar. And, uh, can't remember what town it's called up near Ripley, West Virginia. And I would, play instead of singing karaoke i'd play my song on my guitar and then they invited me back to uh play a set and gave me like 50 dollars, and i was like make money doing this i guess <laughs> you know and uh, i ended up moving down south to work here in north carolina and uh started joining bands as a, as a lead singer quickly realized that uh i didn't want to do whatever other band was doing playing leonard skinner and you know, the Mustang Sally and all that uh, kind of bar standards. I wanted to do my own thing. And uh, that didn't sit well with a lot of guys. Right. And, man, we go in bars and I'd be doing my own stuff and half the crowd would leave. But slowly but surely, just kind of keeping up, you know, keep doing it. You start watching everybody come to kind of hear what you're doing instead of, coming to hear the song being that, you know, the popular song being played and stuff. So but that's, that's it in a nutshell. There's a lot of broke flat tires and trailer tires blown and PA speakers blown and guys quitting right before the show between yeah. here and there, you know? Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> our last show before the, uh, before the shutdown was, I think we five, 600 people. And it was it was epic. Everybody singing every word to the EP back to us. It was, so it's it's uh, a lot of hard work. It's, it's starting to pay off. It seems like though. 
Yeah. Major influences for you. Oh, like what I said, think? I love I love everybody, man. I, um, shoot, I listened to a lot of Boys to Men back in the day. Uh, <laughs> I did, I did, I did, man. Uh, but on the countryside, you know, uh, Steve Earle. Mm-hmm. I've always liked the different writing. I don't. I never really liked the main. So, I mean, of course, I love George Strait, Allen Jackson, Hank Williams Jr. Right. Uh, uh, Garth Brooks probably the one that set me into country music. Uh, Dwight Yoakam was a huge one, but again, he he wrote different. It wasn't your normal. I love you till my eyes blue, or you know the the standard stuff. He he wrote in a poetic sense that you know touched my soul rather. So like Steve Earle did too. He told stories. Towns Van Zant, and then I finally got into a guy named Robert Earl King, uh, and after that I started discovering the Texas guys like Reckless Kelly, Pat Green. Uh, Wade Bowen, Stoney LaRue is a huge influence. Randy Rogers band is probably one of my favorites. Uh, Parker McCollum, which we've done shows with. I've done shows with Randy Rogers as well. Uh, just on and on, you know. I love old Clint Black. Uh, Joe Diffie, God rest his soul, just did a show with him. He was, uh, he was a big influence back in the day, too. Pretty much anybody from the 90s, Brooks and Dunn, of course. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, I've just listened to Anthony Hamilton on the way home. I'm dropping the girls at daycare. You know, I love I love all kind of music. And yesterday I was listening to Outcast with the girls in the in the car. So I listen to a full range of it. Uh, don't like mumble rap though. I can't 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 get into it. Uh, right. <laughs> I, 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 that's a. I don't know if I'm getting older. Or it just sucks that bad. What What's your opinion of like this new country rap thing? I don't have one. That. It, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I uh, you know, but I've done shows with Demon Jones and Upchurch and Colt Ford and everything like that, and people like it. And uh, it, not that I don't, I don't, I'm not going to tell anybody what they should do, right? Or, or, or critic. I've never been one of those. But that's not country music. Or that's not uh, until it crosses the line. But so much, um, they call that country rap. Well, they're not calling it country music, so really, it doesn't. Right. doesn't affect me. I mean, a lot of guys will might say that I write too deep for country music or I might, you know, I, I don't know that there's a definition for what it is, but there's a definition for what it's not. And, uh, you know, guys like, uh, Colt and them make a good living and they, they get good crowds out and they're super nice to me. So I'm not going to put down what to do. I just, I do not listen to it. Right. It's just not, it's not what I am. It's kind of a, kind of a trend that, that, you know, I think guys would like to jack their trucks up and stuff like that. Like to listen to, I've never been that type of dude. So it's just, uh, it, there's music out there for everybody. It's supposed to be different, I guess. So. Well, one of the things that I really love, kind of like what I said in the intro is I, I really took like an hour or two to really dive in and just listen to some of your stuff. And I was like, damn, like, it's just, it's refreshing for me Thank personally. You. It's really, really refreshing to hear some country music that's, uh, I mean, you're current, but you're not, you're, you're just different in a very refreshing uh, way. I don't pander. Yeah. Uh, so to speak. And the guys I listen to don't pander. Um, for a while there, it was hard to even write a song about and put pickup truck in it. 
Right. Cause you just, everybody was kind of jumping on that bandwagon. Um, but I was like, man, I can't even write about myself. I actually have a song. Hopefully it'll be done. I'm kind of taking my time with it. It, uh, one of the lines is we never jacked him up. We wrote farm use on the side. And, uh, I think there's a different element. What I, I probably shouldn't say this out loud, but I call it some of it frat boy country, you know, like, it, no, I, I, grew, I totally yeah. know. I, grew up, <laughs> I totally I like, know. Like I said, I mean, it, and that's, that's all well and good. Do whatever you want to, man, but you can't paint a picture of, of, I don't know many people that farm jack the trucks up. You know what I mean? Or who could afford to where I come. You know what I mean? You paint farm use on the side of your truck so you could uh, drive it without insurance on it. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, uh, you know, it, it just wasn't a thing. It wasn't a, it wasn't a cool thing where I was, where I was coming from, or at least it was not in my world. I never had money for it, nor what I wanted. If I got money, I bought guitars instead of jacking the truck up. So, right. Right. I, mean, I love, I love trucks and four wheelers and I love hunting and fishing. It's just, I don't, necessarily identify or try to be identified as that you know what i mean like yeah uh i've always been an outdoorsman and, and a redneck so to speak but i just don't pander to it in my lyrics just that just, if it's if it doesn't sound real to me i won't sing it and that's just the bottom line if it doesn't i don't care about a number one hit or <clears throat> anything like that. The song has just got to sound good to me and feel good to me and move, especially when you're playing live. I, the, the reason I play music is to play live shows. Yeah. It's just where the music moves and it's not stiff. It's not totally choreographed to light shows. It's just what it is. It's live music. Cause when I watch Charlie Daniels and the old guys like that, man, they just jammed and each night the song was different. Yeah. And, uh, I, I love that aspect of it. I would never play the backing tracks. Um, it just, just feel like, I don't know. I feel like it's dishonest. So yeah, I, as far as writing goes, I write a lot of stuff. I only put out a little bit of stuff cause I'm so picky on what I put out. So it's a, it's a touchy subject when you talk about what's country music and what's not though. So, what what's your creative process, and um, has it changed at all over the years? It does. I can write a song like "With Me Now." It took fifteen minutes. A song like "Irish Road" took me fifteen years. Wow! You know, uh, wow. Yeah, um, that's a great song, by the way. Yeah, it probably is. Yeah, and I'm stuck on one. We was actually writing with a couple of buddies of mine, and I've got this killer, killer chorus. And it's, in my opinion, it's so damn good of a chorus or so damn catchy of a, of a chorus that we're trying to put verses to it, and all the verses suck compared to it. So it's just hard to tie in. And we, we sat, three of us sat the other night. It's like, I've literally wrote it three or four times and just, balled up everything but the chorus and you know it might be next year it might be 10 years that i get that song finally something will pop right. or it might be today i mean i've been working on it today but uh i don't rush the process just to write a song um actually uh 
you know, have met with publishing companies and stuff like that. And that's an avenue that my songs are grabbing attention for, I guess, being a, a decent songwriter or something. So I was grabbing some attention from some folks and, uh, guys, uh, acting as my manager right now is, uh, took me down. We met with some, some publishing companies and I'm not going to name who, cause I'm not signed with anybody. Sure. Um, uh, uh, but apparently they were big deals. <laughs> I didn't, I don't know anything about that world, but, uh, uh, I never thought of that, like sitting around writing songs for money. It just never entered my mind until probably this year. You know, I've heard about, Hey, you gotta get a publishing deal. I was like, I just thought that was a step in getting your songs published and getting a record deal. I never right. thought about writing for somebody else. And I, I could sit down and probably do that. Um, you know, give me a topic. I can write a song on it. doesn't mean I'm going to like it or doesn't mean it's going to be any good, but I don't know what's good or not. Cause I listen to radio and I turn it right back off. So, right. You know, I, I don't know, you know, old town road was the number one hit. I guess it's a good song. I, I, <laughs> I don't know. So. But you and I have a lot of similarities apparently, yeah. even though we're, we're, you know, I'm more like rock blues kind of, that oh, I love I love world. the blues, man. I've got I've got pretty much everything Steve Ray Vaughn's put out on my 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 playlist. I was going I was going to say CD case. So <laughs> on my on my eight tracks, I have everything Steve Ray Vaughn put out. C Ray, Muddy Waters, yeah. Um, who else is coming up in the game? The blues game. Um, what's we just had we just had Eliza Neal's on uh, earlier this week. Or no, she just came out this week. We had her on last week. Her episode released today. She's doing a lot of cool things. Um, Jared James Nichols is a phenomenal guitar player. Uh, it's Gary Clark Jr. Who's up? Yeah, Gary. Yeah, yeah, Gary Clark's been around for yeah. a little bit now. He has, yeah. But he's kind of he's kind of he's kind of popping into everybody's playlist now. It, it was kind of it's crazy how to do that. I remember seeing Chris Stapleton in Raleigh at the. Uh, city limits about 10 years ago before anybody knew who Chris Stapleton was. Wow. You know what I mean? It was longer than that probably, but yeah, it was like, I knew him as a songwriter and the steel drivers and stuff like that. And he was coming and I actually tried to get people to go with me. Nobody would go I went by myself. And, uh, wow. Yeah. I mean, that's just, you know, I'm a fan of songwriters. Um, but I couldn't tell you who wrote all these number ones like that are out on the radio now. I, I, I mean, but, uh, <clears throat> we were t- talking about like BJ Barnum, uh, Randy Rogers to me, Wade Bowen, Senator Rue, that, that I think that's what draws me to Texas is their songwriting ability. And, uh, and actually sounding like country music, my version of what I think country music should sound like. Uh, but yeah, blues, uh, Bluegrass. I love R and B. Jodeci. Remember that old Jodeci stuff? Uh, I can go on and on. I can talk all day about that. Well, let's get into well, real quick, uh, mandolin, which yeah. I think is pretty interesting. When when did you start fiddling around with that? Uh, there was always one laying around, and and like I said, I know about three or four chords on one. And I've always known how to uh, do three or four chords on one. I, I can't remember tell you how I picked it up or who taught me. Like I know how to play some riffs on a banjo. I couldn't tell you who taught me. Or, right. I, I haven't played. I haven't played a banjo in a long time. But 
I can't, I mean, like I said, I just pick up, learn probably my uncle or my mom or one of her cousins or something showed me something one day. And, uh, but mainly cause, uh, Copperhead road, you know, we would do it live and I always loved that song and I could play it on mandolin. So I just picked it up, played it on mandolin. Not like I tried to get any better at it. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, right. then I, then I wrote a few like that, that needed some mandolin in it. And, uh, you know, uh, I don't read or write music. Uh, I barely understand the number systems or theory. I just, I hate when people say play by ear. I think everybody plays by ear. Even if you do know musical theory, you still play a certain amount by ear. But uh, I, I, I always wanted to get better. And it's just like drums I could excel at. Um, I still don't know the first thing about reading beats or anything. You know what I mean? I just, just watch and learn type stuff. But every time I get in my guitar in my hand, start the process of learning some theories or something, lyrics would pop in my head or, Oh, I'd learn something new. I could, then I'd hear a song. Right. Or a past song I was trying to write, which I wanted to take the melody line to a certain key or certain note and didn't know how to play it. And then I'd finally learn it. So I'd go back and interrupt learning anything about music to go back to, to the right. Go right. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I hate it. But, uh, as a good friend, Matt Bell says, he's like, don't, don't change. Don't learn anymore. <laughs> the Matt plays that. Matt's a great violinist, uh, out of Raleigh. He, uh, buddy of mine. He's like, don't, don't change what you're doing. Cause it's working. Yeah. And I was like, all right. And he's probably one of the best musicians I've ever met in my life. So I'll just take his word for it. You know, he's a great dude. I don't know if you know Matt or not. Name sounds really familiar. Matt Bell used to play with a band called Spare Change. Uh, he plays with us from time to time when my fiddle player Sarah is on vacation or whatnot. But uh, uh, amazing guy out of Raleigh. Raleigh's full of talent, man. And uh, yeah. Matt's, well, he's actually out of Texas, but uh, one of the most talented human beings on earth is Matt Bell. So anybody listening, go check out Matt Bell. On uh, He's got an album out and stuff now. Phenomenal musician, fiddle player. Uh, violinist. Cool. Violinist. I'm sorry I plugged Matt. I didn't mean to do one of them. <laughs> <laughs> he won't mind. You're you're in Greenville right now, right? I am in Beargrass, North Carolina, outside of Greenville. Okay. Oh, uh, Martin County, actually, one county over, but about thirty minutes away from Greenville. Uh, just we're all my bands from all over. I got a guy in Statesville, uh, fiddle players in Raleigh. Uh, <clears throat> my bass player lives in Greenville now, and my drummer lives in Moorhead. So we're spread out. Right. Uh, but a great group of guys finally over the years, you, you, you know, you lose pieces, add pieces. And this is probably the most phenomenal set of people I played with uh, as far as live and finding somebody to, to steer away from what's going to make them popular and what's going to make them a ton of money, which we haven't done bad either or, but you know, when you, when you start drawing, you start making money, that's just the way it goes. Right. But, uh, you know, finding the pieces to, uh, to fit you, man, in a, in an area that's not saturated with a ton of, uh, musicians like some place like Nashville or Los Angeles or Austin, you know, where people go there to play music. It's a, it's a trick in itself. Um, but you know, you get a name for yourself and people want to play. So, just you just luck out 
And uh, I've lucked out and found the right people for the past five or six years. We've been doing really good with it. Is there any specific reason why you stayed in this area? Yeah, I was, uh, I was an Army reservist. Uh, I was living in West Virginia. I was trying to play college ball and uh, moved down here to work. And I was working in Aurora, North Carolina for a contractor for – I was welding. And uh, the girl I was seeing got pregnant with my oldest daughter. And uh, after I went active duty and came back from the war, I uh, stayed. Wouldn't, wouldn't, you know, wouldn't leave her, you know. Right. Ended up, you know, and it's been here for 20 years now, 15 years now. So. Wow. But yeah, kids and stuff. I, I, I'm not a Nashville fan. I, I'm not a city fan. Uh, I'm not a, oh, I love, oh, how do you say introvert, extrovert or whatever? I can stand people for about 30 minutes and then I have to go be by myself. Yeah. Uh, introvert. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm just, I'm and not so that I'm not shy. I'm I can walk in a room and talk to anybody and, uh, you got to recharge the batteries. As they, yeah. As they I just say. don't like, uh, I'm the same way, man. Can only go like for a couple of days, you know, and then I gotta, I gotta retreat for a little bit. Yeah, uh, uh, you gotta have that time if you're makes, wired like that. Yeah, it, it. I have to. Like, I remember we'd play big shows in Greenville, man. When I was a younger, sing, you know, younger man, and we had a great band, and we were playing downtown ECU, college girls everywhere, and all my buddies, man. We get done playing, and everybody wanted to go to a strip club or go out to some uh, party or whatever. They're like, "Where are you going?" I was like, "I'm gonna go catch catfish." So I go find a riverbank somewhere like four in the morning. <laughs> and by myself, I try to get people to go with me. I I, I try to get uh, I, I just it just never was my never was my thing to to stay in the in crowd too much. I'm never uh never found a solid spot where I thought I fit in with the dam. Uh, if that makes any sense. It so, totally does. Yeah. Uh, but uh, <clears throat> yeah, that was uh. I stayed here. I mean, I'm, I'm a, I love North Carolina as far as the people and the friends and especially this is where I started and man, do we have a fan base from here to, you know, we played New York, Florida, up down the East coast, everywhere we go. It seems like people are knowing us now. And uh, like I said, I got a run in Texas coming up in July. Hopefully if everything's back yeah. to normal and we've done some, uh, pretty cool things, man. We were actually, we were, uh, on a three day tour or three, three show tour with love and theft mm. that all got canceled. And I had a show with Lorna Lana that got canceled. And, uh, man, it's been, uh, it's, it's sucked as far as that goes. I try not to keep my mind on it cause it is what it is. Ton, tons of people that were suffering way more than I am. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was, I'm pretty, pretty low key, man. I don't spend a lot of money. So, you know, uh, always been pretty blessed in that area as far as I ain't rich by no means, but I'm not, I ain't never starved. And, uh, so I just count my blessings. You know, I hate it. I've lost seven, eight grand the past couple of months, not playing. And, uh, but as far as that, the sucky aspect of it, man, we were doing three stadium shows with love and theft, Dorton arena, UNC Ash, Ashboro. Uh, and one in Charlotte. I can't remember which one. It's the arena in Charlotte. Uh, I'd have to look at the calendar. I can't, like I said, my memory's gone, but uh, 
that was going to be cool. That was going to be our first like run with, right. uh, you know, being on the bill for uh, a few stops on a certain tour, which is, you know, what you do when you're coming up to the next kind of regional to national level. We're getting right. on those. And uh, so I was like, man. And then, like I said, just had meetings in Nashville with, with some publishers and got some hits back from some people who really, really like the single and the EP and it's kind of, everything's on hold. It's like, man, I've, we've been working so hard and uh, I haven't let it get me down. You know what I mean? It's just, cause like I said, I always count my blood. I've been in way worse spots than this. Uh, but uh, it, it, it had a suck factor to it. I mean, I'm not going to complain about it. it. Just, it was like, man, you know, yeah. I think everybody's, yeah, I try not to, I try not to woe is me at all, you know, but. No, man, I can relate. Yeah. You know, my, I, I had dates that got, I had tour dates that got canceled and, yeah. you know, a couple of films that I was working in. And, dude, I love watching your Instagram, by the way. Just to, oh, really? shout out. Like, <laughs> it's like one of my favorite Instagram because you always have something different on there, dude. It's, it's always really bad. like, yeah, I know you're an actor and then you play drums and you're a hell of a guitar player. I'm like, man, this cat is all over the place. And your, uh, your folks, man, I was going, man, your folks were so nice when we met in Raleigh a few years back. Uh, I think I met your mom and dad. Yeah. There. Yeah. 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 I yeah. can't believe that was I mean, that was what, four years ago now, probably. Where was that? Where what was that for? Was that State Fair? It was it at Dorton. I know it was Dorton. Um, was, yeah, uh, I think I think it was the fair. I thought Pretty it was sure something. It was. I thought it was something else. Like I don't know if it was the State Fair. I can't remember what it was. Was it like one of those car shows or something? No, the whole fairgrounds was open, but I can't say it was the fair. Something tells me that it wasn't. It might have been. I don't think it was the fair. I think it was some other big event they were having there. I can't remember. Can't remember either. I just remember nobody was there. <laughs> I, remember. Yeah. I mean, we had like, I mean, well, I mean, there was people there. I mean, there, there might've been 200, 300 people sitting in the stands, but you're in Dorton arena during the right. daytime. Right. And it's an arena. Well, know, every, I mean, everybody's outside. Yeah, everybody's know. outside. And I just and remember you and I were talking like, yeah, they couldn't just move the stage like 200 <laughs> so, feet. Like we could, yeah. I, I would have been, it would have been great just playing right at the entrance because yeah. at least everybody's out there walking by, walking by. Yeah, yeah. they want to, they yeah. want to eat their sugar and their carbs, and they want to, you yeah. know, do do it's the fun. whole afternoon routine. And I just remember it was a, it was a, if I remember right, it was a beautiful day. It was kind of hot. Yeah, and I remember, I remember getting in there like trying to zigzag into where we had to go load in at was just a pain in the butt. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I can't, I, I don't think it was the fair though. I want to say it was something else, but I mean, it was at fairgrounds, but I, I do know that. So, but it was, uh, who else was there? There's several other bands playing that day. I think Oh, we've, we've done so many gigs, dude, just, and you have to, uh, you know what I mean? It's like, I don't remember. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's just, uh, we and the cool thing about it is, man, it's like the the people you meet. Everybody always asks me about, <clears throat> hey man, how do I get into music? You just go play, dude. There's no secret. There's no secret. Yeah, there's no. You know, we did we did three shows with Kane Brown. The last show we did with Kane Brown was in front of like ten thousand head, and or however the count was. Uh, I'm not good. It was packed, but uh. After that, he, you know, he got off the bus. We're talking, actually playing cornhole together. And uh, he's, he's a great good, great dude. He's like, man, we got to do more shows together. And I'm like, well, that ball's in your court nowadays, bud, not mine. 
You know what I mean? There's, he was right. signed with Sony then and everything like that. And he's like, hey, we got to set up some more shows together. I was like, well, set them up, bud, because I ain't got nothing to do with your stuff. Yeah. I'll, I'll go play with you. I'll go get in front of your crowd any time of the week. He's a, he's a super nice guy. But, uh, yeah, I've met – when people ask me, what do I, what do I got to do? To write a song or play or whatever, just go. You just gotta do it. There's no other. There's no other way to, uh, to, to break into anything without doing it. And if you if your path's supposed to cross with the right people, then it will. If it, but doesn't if you're playing if you're playing music to become famous, you're in it for the wrong reasons anyway. I think. Um. It's never crossed. I I want a record deal, a bigger record deal to keep playing music for a longer time. Right. You know what I mean? Instead to have, of, you know, to have the, the, the structure. For yeah. The, the stru- yeah. For the, sure. uh, the organization. Cause that's really what it is, is it, you gotta yeah. be able to expand and have that team and it gets to a certain point where yeah. you have to have it. Yeah. And, that, and, and, and they know it's, it's breaking, you know, that's why we're in, we're in talks with people and everything like that. I, ain't trying to boast about anything, but you know, we've come to a point no, like man, where we're, I making, mean, we're making headway and congrats you know I mean? and it's yeah. well-deserved. Thank you. Uh, but like I said, and they're still like, everybody's like, what are you going to Nashville for? I got a meeting. Oh man, it's about to happen. I was like, I've had tons of meetings. <laughs> you know what I, mean? I don't. And like I said, everybody's like, you're excited. I don't get excited about much, man. I, I uh, well, you know how <laughs> it is. It's so up and down this business. It's just crazy. Well, and the, the, and, you know, I remember in one of my meetings out in Nashville, they asked me, you know, what what I thought a good song was, and I was like, you just, it's one that hits you. I, there's no other. There's, you know, there's people out there that that messes me every day about in came you and man, I can't believe you. And I'm like, yeah, I thought it was a great song too. I, that's the first song I ever recorded. I did not write. I don't even co-write half the time. I do my whole EPs. There's only one co-write on that whole thing. Right. Um, but I mean, if a song hits you, if it just, it, it ain't gotta be, I don't know. I, my favorite songs, I guarantee it. None of them has been number one. Right. No, no, no. That's just, I'm the same way, man. I'm the same way. Yeah. It's I'm not saying that there's not number one songs that, that aren't great or whatever. I, I just think if you're and this is where I'm kind of, I heard Chris Stapleton say one time, don't pull the curtain back too much about <laughs> and, and step on, step on toes of, of, you know, cause you got these guys that are like, that ain't country music. That ain't that stuff. That, you know, um, but it seems like in Nashville, I actually have a song called Nashville, Tennessee. It's, uh, and it's, 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 it's poking a little fun, but it's talking about how the trends change and you'll be down there and there'll be a guy. Nashville's full of people who don't have an identity and they go to Nashville and man, what's in now? Well, I'm going to wear mullets and a skinny jean. Cause that's what, Morgan Wallen does, and man, he's number one. So you literally go to Nashville, and everybody's growing a mullet back out and wearing the same stuff he does with cut-off plaid shirts and everything like that. And I'm like, well, ain't that what he does? You know what I mean? Like, uh, I'm not going to cop anybody's style. I mean, I've always been a baseball hat backwards and a 
ripped up t-shirt jeans kind of guy. I don't have any style to me whatsoever, but, uh, I just, it's, it's such a trendy town and it seems like everybody tries to mold themselves into what's happening when they doesn't realize that they sit back and watch guys like Chris Stapleton, Eric Church, Luke Combs. These guys didn't mold themselves to anything. If you, they don't, you don't mold yourself to what the industry is doing. You make the industry mold themselves to you. And that's just the way I see Nashville. Not a bad town. A lot of good stuff happens and a lot of good music comes out of it, but it's just a tourist trap with a people, a lot of people who don't have an identity as what they want to do in music. And the guys who actually make it big, big, like that, that's, that will be around what I call jukebox classics will be around like Merle and be around like Willie and Waylon are the guys that don't change for nobody. You know, Eric church, Luke Combs did it, did it quick. Uh, well-deserved the guys, extremely talented. Uh, Tyler Childers is another one. Uh, so just ba- basically don't compromise. Don't compromise. I mean, I mean like within, I, I within like, reason, I mean, you know, you gotta, yeah, I mean, you gotta, dude, you gotta you write can, on, you gotta write you, under four minutes. But. You can, you, yeah, you can hear it in, in songs. They do the same melodic pattern. They have this almost broke down rap part. It's not really rap, but it's probably like, They'll they'll do this the slow cadence, line. The cadence is very the cadence similar. Is, the cadence is similar. And you know, like, man, it's funny that you bring this up because, and it's like I've I've kind of kept my mouth shut about a lot of this, but it's kind of the, the cat's out of the bag on this episode, so it's like yeah. whatever. Thanks, thanks for bringing it yeah. out. <laughs> but seriously, like, I'm not being sarcastic. Like this is good conversation, yeah. and I, it's like it's I I try. I'm not a very good uh, communicator, uh, but like I don't know how to <laughs> I don't know how to explain it other than is it's like you can hear i can hear five songs off what nashville's putting out a lot not all of them but it's got this like you'll be singing oh i love her you see what i'm saying to hit these little right like, little quick spurts and every song's gotta have it every song's gotta have that little and and see when you go to nashville and everybody's like i, I got told by a guy he's like man come to nashville you'll learn to be a better song you'll learn to be a songwriter and i'm like I've been a songwriter since I can remember. I, a songwriter is a person who writes songs. Right. That's it. Definition completed. A songwriter is a person who who writes songs. That's it. You don't have to be famous to be a songwriter. You don't have to have number one hits to be a songwriter. There's lots of guys out there that are great songwriters, don't have no hits. Well, yeah. you'll learn how to you'll learn how to do what do I learn how to do? Sit in a room with five other people and make up a make, make up a a pop song, you know, <laughs> and and that's fine. And, and like I said, there's uh, I got a I got a a buddy of mine that wrote the rights. He's got a couple number one hits under his belt, um, and he writes all over the place. That's what he does best, man. He he plays bass for people and everything like that. He writes those kind of songs and country songs. He writes. He's a damn good songwriter. And now getting back to my point of of sitting down writing songs for people. I could probably sit there and copy that and do it. I just never thought of it because it's not something I ever wanted to do. It's yeah. I just like writing songs that I want to put out on an EP or songs that I want to play live or songs that, that come from, come from a place that it's got some truth to it. Not, not a, 
made up poppy jam to give somebody a number one hit for a week and then you'd forget about them. You know, uh, I, I listen to songs in my pickup truck that, you know, that I've listened to since high school songs that just stick, you know? And, uh, <clears throat> I just, I, I, I don't understand writing for, for a trend. Probably could. I just can't see myself doing it. You know? Right. Right. I mean, I, I mean, it's interesting to, to think about as a songwriter, do I want to go down there? I mean, I've sat around with people and wrote songs that I didn't like, but we're good. You know what I mean? It wasn't my kind of thing I'd sing. I can do it. Uh, I did, you know, but a song that I'm going to record that I want to sing, I got to feel it. If you're singing with your eyes open, you don't feel it. You know, uh, it's <laughs> that kind of thing. Right. Um, but yeah, makes sense, Nashville, man. Nashville's trendy. Uh, I always think what I'm saying don't make sense. I ran a lot, dude. Yeah, but uh, I stutter. I'm just trying not to step on toes. I'm not saying anything better than anybody else. Like I said about the country rap and everything. I mean, people enjoy that kind of music. It makes you bob your head, you know. Uh, but I don't know how much my third. No, you, you just know you know who you are to yeah. a certain degree. You know you know what you're about. And I mean, dude, well, I've I've, had, I've 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 dealt with this this uh, this is why I'm like I keep saying man I can't believe how much we have in common because yeah. I've I've heard the same spiel over and over and over again from many different voices in the industry you need to go this route you need to go that route you need to do yeah. this you need to do that and it's just there's uh there's like I said there's music and opportunities out there for everybody to do what they want to I mean I've I've had guys you know man call me and they're like man I want to put I want to use your song and I'll put a rap behind it. And there's been a part of me thinking, cause these guys got, you know, mil, you know, hundred thousand followers. It's enticing. It's enticing, but then can I live with myself? I, I couldn't even, and I know you're probably going to bring it up and go ahead and jump onto it. I had to be talked into doing the voice by friends and family. I didn't want to do it. Uh, to me, those shows are a joke. They, they've been trying, dude, they've actually, and this is, this is going to sound really braggadocious for yeah. whatever reason. But when I was in high, like middle school and high school, somehow they got my information and they yeah. were like calling the house multiple for like two or three years in a row. Yeah. And I was just like, you know, and I, I was a minor at the time. So they were talking to my parents and I was like, Oh yeah. Dude, nah, there's man. Uh, it's uh, I actually got an email the year before that, and I thought it was just come try out for the voice. I'm like, man, I'm not standing alone. You think it's kind of like a joke, right? It's like, it's like almost yeah, like a spam email or something. Yeah, that's what I thought, and I kind of yeah. deleted it. The next year, I got another one, and I think I answered it back. Like, I wish I could look back and see the email. I, I almost want to say I was smart assy on it. I was like what is this entitled standing in line for like 45, 45 days to sing 45 seconds of a song. Like, <laughs> you know? And uh, cause I got talked into back years ago, there was a thing called Nashville star mm -hmm. and everybody's like, man, you gotta go try it. You gotta go try it. Well, I stood in line saying 45 seconds of a song and didn't even make it to the next round. You know what I mean? And right. they picked all females from that thing. Later on, I went to Nashville, recorded demo the bass player for that band was playing bass only for my demo. And he said, man, I remember you from that show, but we were told to only pick females. 
Wow. That year, a female won the show. So that kind of put a bad taste in my it's mouth. All, it, and I've heard this before where it's, it's literally predestined beforehand. Like from <laughs> – Yeah, it's uh, – and I don't know. I don't know what you're at liberty to discuss or not. And I don't want to. I, I can, I'll discuss. I mean, I don't think there's 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 tons of uh, tons of uh, ways to go down a rabbit hole with it. But no, none of us know any contestant. Right. They can. Anybody says, yeah, man, they told me to say this is. I believe's lying. I believe they can. They you take like a six hundred question psychological test just to get on the show seriously uh what yeah and you know first of all they want to make sure you're in right mental state not to lose right. it and, and you're you're with different people from all kind of different backgrounds they want to make sure you're not a you know clan member or jihad or whatever you know what i mean like you know it's safety factor in it too right understandable but, but out of that they get your personality they understand i mean they understand how to work your personality see what i'm saying that that's one of the rabbit hole theories i have no clue what to use it for this is this is interesting dude yeah. i've never and i've i've got yeah. friends of mine that have been on you know american yeah. idol or whatever and yeah. this is the first time i'm hearing that much detail yeah well i don't care what they, i mean what are they gonna sue me oh i got nothing <laughs> Yeah, but no, the, I, <laughs> the, I uh, actually have my uh, I actually have my battle round filmed on my phone too that they didn't show. Uh, but there's no way I could release it. You know what I mean? But uh, right, right. But I got beat by the winner apparently. Uh, so, uh, but dude, I was so ready to go home anyway. I was not happy doing it. How long? And how my, long were you there for? Dude, forever, and I only went to the battles forever. I went back two or three times. It's crazy. Uh, I did like going out to California, man, because when you get, I mean, they pay you a certain right. amount of, like, you know, it's not a great amount, but they pay you and you meet. I never wanted to do it. I've never, ever, 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 ever watched an episode of The Voice, American Idol, besides what somebody puts like a auditional Facebook. I've never watched it. I was like, man, those shows are stupid. People's like, man, you got your out for the voice. I'm like, first of all, I'm not that great a singer. Second of all, you know, because dude, I went out there and I'm like, I don't even know why I'm here. The range <laughs> of some of these people. I'm just a, I'm a honky tonk, country ass music singer from West Virginia and North Carolina. You know what I mean? I, it, I, yeah, I mean, I might be above average for you know something. I, I don't know. I don't. I, to me, a great singer, is somebody like Chris Dope. You know what I mean? Like. Somebody like Anthony Hamilton. That, to me, has just got this, uh, you know, uh, there's tons of people I think way better singers than me. And when I get compared to them, that's, that's awesome. But I don't think about myself that way. But they're like, man, you got to try out for voice. You got to do this. I'm like, well, they got that email. And they're like, yeah, would you rather come to Baltimore or Nashville? Like, well, let's go to Nashville. And a buddy of mine, one of my best friends, he's like, dude, I'll drive you down there. I'll, you know, we'll get to the hotel and just try it. I was like, man, I don't be on one of them damn shows. Like, I, I just, I don't want it to, it sounds stupid, like ruin your reputation. No, and, it's a, it's a, it's a genuine fear well, what, or, or yeah, concern. A general, a, a, a genuine fear is like, I want to be known as the guy who was on the voice that one time. 
Right. That, I don't want to be known as a guy. Who's Which is statistically going to be a thousand to one anyway. Yeah. And, you know? and, but I was like, you know, they're like, dude, you already got a following. If you can get on there and then people. So I came up with this plan. I was like, I haven't done like a really, really good album. Done like home recordings, done a live album, which I, you know, I was proud of the live album. I thought it was, thought it was a kick-ass little live album for what we had to work with. And, uh, kind of put us out who we were and it did good, you know, as far as, you know, getting streams on a regional level and everything like that, people was bumping it in their cars. I was happy with it. It was like, but I never did that album album, like the, you know, radio ready produced by somebody album. Right. So I was like, well, if anything, I'll get out there, get on there. And if I, if I get 5,000 fans off of it, as soon as I'm done with it, bam, I'm going to put out another album uh, and put out the good album. And, and I put that plan in play. Like, I didn't care about going any farther on the voice because, just to be honest with you, name me somebody from the top five. I can probably do it, but I guarantee you, you can't. Yeah. I, I guarantee I, you I don't know the it. winner. For, I guarantee you don't know the winner from my season. I, I know the winner. I don't want to. I'm the wrong person to ask. Well, <laughs> but no, I mean, most people, name me somebody with a record deal that won the voice. It's it's strange, isn't it? Cassidy Pope, I think, was the closest one. But what a lot of people do not know, did you know Morgan Wallen was on The Voice? No. Yeah. He got eliminated in, I think, either the battles or the the knockout rounds or something, I think. I don't, I don't know. Doesn't sound anything like he does now, I will say. Right. Uh, but, you know, Miranda Lambert, you know, she was Nashville star, didn't win it. It seems like everybody who doesn't win those shows does better in a career-wise because people forget they're there. They right. get enough, you know, they get enough headway. So I, got, I did it, and man, I met some of the greatest people ever. Uh, what, you know, what was, what was? I mean, in about a minute or two, because I, I know we got to hit a couple other points, but yeah. I mean, what was that experience like? It was, uh, you know, fly to L.A. You get to see how stuff's filmed, and everything's interesting to me. Like, when I watch your, you know, I know you've done some acting and everything like that, so I'm like, man, that'd be interesting. I always wanted to be, like, in an old Western or something. You know what I mean? I thought that'd yeah. be cool. Buddy of mine, uh, Ryan Dorsey's big actress, actress. I can say that. He's my buddy. Actor out in uh, <laughs> Hollywood. Hollywood, man. He was, he was on uh, – uh, he did – Role extra of Mel Gibson's last movie. He was in, uh, uh, remember that, uh, show, uh, Justified? Mm -hmm. He's on a baseball series that was on Hulu now. I mean, he's, he's, you know, he was cool. married to some famous other actor. I, anyway, he's, I grew up with him, but I always thought I was like, follow his stuff because it's cool to see your buddy, you know what I mean, doing acting and everything. So I got to see how the stuff was filmed. I never watched the show. We're getting there. And it's like, they could not believe I could, didn't never watch the show. They're like, well, we got to go. I said, like, what's a battle round? <laughs> so they literally showed me the hell they're talking about. My first, <laughs> my first blind audition that I ever seen was mine. Well, our group, when we got back with team Kelly. Right. But, uh, so I go first in Nashville. I'm like, all right, I'll go do it. And it's a private audition. It's not like I stood in line. They have me a slot to come in 
uh what is it like a booth or a uh, uh no it's a, it's in a it's in like the rehearsal studios like okay. there's, there's warehouses in nashville i'm sure you've been to that have oh, like yeah, yeah. stage yeah. rooms and stuff that everybody yeah. you know brothers like, warehouse, like warehouses yeah. yeah it's a big warehouse but they got individual room for right and if you're in the big room usually you can set up your whole stage and tour with garth brooks but in this little room you know brothers osborne's over here playing Right, they're they're like, like they're like tour stage. they're yeah. like tour rehearsal spaces, yeah. Or, yeah. You know, bands that are ready to go. Yeah, it's just rehearsal yeah. space. So they got that all set up. I go in there, you know. It, it's what was cool. We get to Nashville. Buddy of mine plays bass for Keith Urban, a good friend of mine named Jerry Flowers. He's been with Keith for a long time, even when he was in the ranch. Uh, Jerry's a great songwriter. Wrote uh, with Sam Hunt. Oh, and cool. it, I talked about, I said it earlier, I just wanted a name drop, but uh, Jerry wrote House Party, one writer on House Party, and uh, Any More Sometime with Jason Aldean, he wrote, uh, co-write, whatever. Uh, but uh, my buddy's big on Twitter. I don't even, I got Twitter, but I'm never on there. And he's like, man, Keith's doing a pop-up show at Exit Inn, which you ever been in Nashville, told about 500 people. Right. So this is night before my audition, my first audition. And I was like, cool, I'll text Jerry and see if he's playing. Because I'm like, exit in. He's probably just doing like some acoustic thing. Is that know? on Broadway or is that off? That's off Broadway. It's mid, okay. uh, I want to say it's Midtown. Uh, I want to say. Somebody, it's, not, it's not Broadway. Nobody yeah, I don't remember. Broadway. I've never been there, but I heard yeah. about it. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, I call. he's like, yeah, man, we're doing this pop-up show with, uh, uh, what's her name? Not Lauren Elena. There's another female country singer. Uh I can't remember. Anyway, they were doing a tour together, and it was right. like him promoting. It was a pop-up show. He put it out like an hour before they were playing. So, so like, man, we get there. It's freezing cold. There's like a line around the block. Well, I know Jerry. He has me He has me tickets already. Passes at the door. We, we literally, it was just luck. We pulled around, and right in front of the door is a parking spot, <laughs> like right across the street. And my buddy's like, he's really big, and like he signs, you know. He's like, this is a good sign, man. It's a good sign. So we go in, we hang, <laughs> hang out with Jerry. We're up by the stage. He's playing this little stage. Keith comes out. Uh, uh, what? I can't remember her name. Keith comes out. You know, Jerry's, they're jamming, man. I'm not a huge Keith Urban music fan, but I love to watch Keith Urban play live. Because, man, he's Oh, amazing. yeah, he's, he's great. He, he's amazing. Uh, what the hell is her name? Oh, God, I can't. <laughs> Uh, and it's not something I listen to every day. But it'll anyway, hit you like comes, two days, two she, two days from now. Yeah, she came on and she did her set, and then she comes down and just stands like between me and my buddy. We're just chilling, talking and stuff. And I'm, I'm like, she's like, "Hey, y'all!" And she's, my buddy's like, "You know her?" I was like, "No, I, I mean, I know her. She's famous. I can't uh-huh. remember her name. So apparently, she's not that famous." Well, Casey Musgraves. It's another one. Um, damn, fine. I had to look on my phone to see. But anyway, shake his hand, say hi, whatever, hang out with Jerry a little bit. We go back to the hotel, and buddy's like, "Man, you're going to make it." He said, dude, "We've got such good luck so far." I was like, "Whatever, dude." So we, <laughs> it was so it was so funny. And uh, but I mean, like ten minutes in Nashville, we had backstage passes with Keith Urban. You know, it's, right? Uh, but I mean, like I said, I've known Jerry since we was kids. It's not like you know, I don't get to see him very often. But you know, I call him for advice every once in a while, and he's a great dude. And his family, we all went to church together and stuff like that. It's just you know, family from back home, and not. So he's thinking it's the lucky, you know, I got a rabbit's foot. So I go the next day, sit in the room, come in there, and they give you three songs. I don't know if they pick you one and then you pick the other two, but you got to do three songs. One, you got to do it with a microphone standing on a neck. You can't move. 
because they got the cameras. I'm not nervous at all because I just don't get nervous playing. I get excited, you know. Uh, but, uh, man, I go in there, and I didn't know there was going to be cameras. I don't know why I didn't figure this because I'm not, I'm, you know, not bright. But uh, go in there, <laughs> and I'm like, okay. So I stood in front of them. Like, you see guys talking, and there's rooms full of people, people on uh, computers and people behind the cameras. And I'm like, oh, man. Uh-huh. I didn't. I didn't plan on this. Yeah, I. I don't do good. If you notice, I don't look at the camera a lot. I. I hate looking at myself. But uh, uh, I go and I'm doing one number away by Luke Combs. That was one of the ones they picked for. So I start to sing it, and I got the damn uh, Munchkin voice. <laughs> you know. Oh yeah. And I'm like, why is my voice doing that? Like, it was nerves. I didn't feel the nerves, but it was it was controlling me. Wow. And I was like. He stopped me like 30 seconds in. He's like, ho, ho, ho. I'm like, well, I just blew the shit out of that, you know? <laughs> and I'm pretty sure it was a guy from Thompson Square. He looked like him if it wasn't. Uh, that band, there was a husband and wife, Thompson Square. You gonna kiss me on uh, that song? It was that dude. And some other dude that was on The Voice that I never heard of. But uh, he's like, hey, man, L.A. loves your look. Blah, 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 blah. He's like, I can tell you're nervous. And he literally looks at me. He's like, I was like, yeah, I didn't feel nervous, but the cameras, I'm not used to cameras. He said, well, open your eyes and sing me the fucking song. So, literally <laughs> said, <laughs> so after that, he's like, but he says, he said, I will tell you, he said, LA loves you. They're watching now. All our executives, they love you. They're going to put you through. So just shut up and sing me the fucking song. Wow. And after that, my nerves went away and I did three songs, belted them out. <clears throat> but the wow. funny part of it was like, I was at probably 50% vocals. Cause I'd had to go get shot of prednisone cause I had such a bad cold. Oh man. Smoking cigarettes. I quit smoking cigarettes, but, uh, smoked cigarettes, just, you know, beating the honky tonks up and it was not taking care of my voice. So I was, I had no range. You know what I mean? Uh, I always going to sound like myself. That's one thing that, that people tell me you just don't sound like anybody else. You have a, you have a voice of your own, which that yeah. helps, I guess, in a, in, a, in a thing. Uh, I just think I sound like a hick. Uh, I didn't know there was anything special about that. Like, but apparently, because a lot of people try to fake it nowadays. But uh, so I get shoved through. They do a little interview process. And, of course, they want to bring up, you know, Iraq and all this stuff like that. You know, you fill out all this form stuff. Right. So, right. like, all right, they go into executive decision. I'm trying to get through it. It's a long process. They go through executive decisions. You got to wait like a month or two. And I'm like, well, they're not going to call me for this round. Well, I get calls like, we want you to be in L.A. on Friday. We got plane tickets waiting for you. I'm like, Okay. So you go to LA and basically do the same thing again. Wow. You basically do the same thing, but you do all the paperwork and that's where you do that damn psychological test and all shit. Uh, which I failed by the way. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a, how do you yeah. fail on you, you fail? How do you, because combat veterans and firefighters and police officers fail those miserably because we see the world in a different light. Right. And they actually had me had to go talk to psychiatrists like to make sure uh, I went on. Yeah. <laughs> oh now now I get it. Yeah. Now and I get like, it. Yeah. They're like I mean, they must have really wanted me on the show. I might be pulling the curtain back too. This funny, man. I can't believe I failed I, I failed the test. Like I guess says I'm a manic depressed which I'm not a depressed person, man. If you hang around me, I'm you you know, you talk to them not like but like says, you know. You know, it asks you some weird questions. I did not explain how weird this psychological test is. It's like, have you ever, have you ever, 
done uh, something oddly sexual with something or other. Like, I don't know, like weird sex. Like, I'm like, <laughs> like, what do you can consider weird sex? I mean, like, like define. <laughs> def- <laughs> have I ever had the ball shoved in my mouth? And uh, <laughs> you know, but you know, I'm like, so I'm like, I mean, threesomes. I don't know. I don't know what you want. But yes, I, you know that's not normal. You know, so they're like just stupid. I swear, guys, embarrassing tell, but like, but they just stupid. Have you? And then it's like, have you ever killed anybody? Have you ever? Is just like or thought about it? Or have you ever thought about this? It's like, yes. so like think i'm some psychopath you know i go talk to two different psychiatrists at two different times to make sure i'm not some right yeah and they're like we know it's this protocol we know veterans and 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 uh cops and firefighters or anybody that's been through traumatic experiences do not pass this test right your brain just is not wired to work a certain way that a normal person is you know plus you know i shoot squirrels for dinner you know what i mean like (laughs) <laughs> so anyway i go i get that they they call us down the room i'm laying in the room i mean we don't sit around picking guitars and stuff man and you know of course somebody's gonna get a little weed and everything you're not supposed to drink you're, you're sequestered to the hotel you can't go anywhere you know because people want to know who's on next season you know what i mean they, there's it's i don't know why they do right apparently they it gets out you know you, and uh so you're supposed to tell them you're with somebody else i would make up stories like i was a security guard for Snoop Dogg, shit like that. Yeah, it was <laughs> like the guests and stuff. You know, people ask me, I'd be like, we're a security team. We're, you know, we're representing Snoop Dogg. Or, so we'd make up just stupid lies. It was kind of fun. But uh, that's funny. So they, they call you down to a room, and I remember coming down from my room and walking through people standing with their bags. And I was looking around. I was like, I knew them. You know what I mean? I know we've been hanging around these folks for like three days. Right. And I'm going to this room. And I'm like, I didn't make it. You know, I did the. I didn't think I did a great job. I knew I wasn't nervous that time, but go in a room and I'm looking around and I see all these people. I'm like, well, I know these people aren't getting sent home. People like Dave Finley and Cam Marlowe, my buddy, <laughs> just, just tons of people that I think are amazing. And they come in there. Everybody gets an opportunity for a blind audition. And by that point, it's a hundred and some people or, you know, to get there. Then you fly back for the blind. Then you start training wardrobe, um, vocal coaching. You're there for like a month for the blinds. You know what I mean? And then before you're in front of before, before them. yeah, you have like three, three or four rehearsals with your band, which my first song they picked for me, I did not like it. Did not go over good. And they'll send you home if you don't get a good rehearsal. Cause they're trying to weed down, but apparently they, they wanted me, you know, like I fit some kind of criteria for what they needed. Right. And uh, <clears throat> so you know, we get, it's like a month. Finally, you know, fly my, my girls out and we're shooting and I'm, I'm going like second day. And, uh, I'm like, I wasn't, I remember I wasn't nervous. As soon as I got on stage, there was no nervous whatsoever. Wow. But I mean, I have a crowd. There's a crowd there. To me, it was just like, I'm playing a show. Yeah. And, and everybody else was like, are you nervous? Are you nervous? Are nervous? I was like, I'm really not. Cause there's going to be a crowd there. I just, I just did not feel any nerves. Matter of fact, I remember right before Carson Daly was interviewing me, I was fall asleep on the couch. What in the world? I, I was just wore out, dude. It was Man. Like, I mean, you like 14 hour days, you go through all the rehearsal, 14 hour right. days of this stuff. You know what I mean? And, uh, 
I remember getting nervous when I walked in to rehearse with the band and you look around, the guy plays for Pink, one guy plays for Prince, one guy plays for Letterman Show, blah, 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 all these great musicians. And wow. I'm standing there sucking. I don't even know what the name of a G chord is, you know. And uh, <laughs> so I you know, ended up getting on there and it really, I can't say that the whole experience was uh, was bad. There was parts of it I, I hated, man. They kept, hey, Mikhail, uh, I would smile and laugh, make jokes, and they're like, you know, I, I felt like they wanted to show me a certain light. They wanted to push this whole soldier thing, and I, I told them after the blind that I wasn't talking about it anymore. And, you know, that, that's not who I was. Right. You know, it was, that was a long time ago, and I spent a long time trying to get past it. You know what I mean? So I didn't want to. It was like some it, corporate co- corporate mold that they wanted yeah, to push. They, well, they, they just, you know, they know that it touches America's heartstrings. That, right. You know, the flag saluting crowd and everything like that. And, you yeah. know, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't do anything special over there. And even if I did, I wouldn't ask for thanks for it. You know, it's just part of a duty that you do. And I, I just don't like dwelling on that uh, at all. You know what I mean? I don't, a lot of people don't, don't even realize I was in the military. You know what I mean? I, and I like keep yeah. that way. It just don't define who I am as a person. This is something I did. I felt proud to do. Uh, and a ton of other people did it for me. And a ton of other people are still doing it now. And, and it's just, I think it's a duty that some people feel like they have to do. And that's all it was for me. Um, I just happened to join up during a damn war. So, but I felt like they wanted to push that image of me, the broken, sad clown military guy. And I, and I fought him on that. Um, Mm. uh, I do feel personally that I'd have gone farther, had a plate. I mean, I feel that if I was going to bet a, if I could bet money on it, if I'd have played the part, I'd have gone farther. But I didn't play the part, and I wouldn't play the part. I don't want fans because I served in a damn first cab. You know what I mean? Uh, so that's one experience of it that I didn't really like. Um, uh, there's a lot more detail that I'll probably I'll keep to myself about yeah, meeting, sure. meetings and producers and everything like that because for the most part, man, they don't – they were great. Producers at NBC were great people to work for. Very nice, very professional. All of them was loving, caring people. They didn't they didn't treat you bad. They they treated you like gold. They treated you like stars. They treated you with respect. NBC was absolutely amazing with that. There's nothing they did that that I thought was was petty or anything. Anything they wanted to bring up about my past, they asked permission, and I right. gladly right. turned them down. You know, they didn't <laughs> force the issue. They tried tried you know weaving it in there as best they could but they you know they weren't ones like oh hey do this and we're, or we're not they didn't they're all but they they got a type you know what they want yeah but what came from it man was you know meeting friends that a lot of the people lived in nashville and i met my producer eric torres through a mutual friend that i met on the voice named kalen and uh eric produced jimmy allen's who had a number one hit he's got two number one hits now i think uh, African American country singer Jimmy Allen, and Eric's worked with uh, Jamie Johnson and all kind of stuff, and just got hooked up with him through somebody I met on The Voice. So it was a blessing. And I and my mindset going into it was just get the experience, see where it leads. Because I was right. at a, I was at a Rhodes Inn. I didn't know shit about shit as far as producers, and but I always knew I wanted this good album. So it was like. I called Kalen and I was like, we were talking. He's like, man, I got a good producer. And I was like, that's what I'm trying to find. I got to get this album done. So as soon as I got off, got with Eric, 
we produce my album, a single. He's going to produce this new single. We'll love working with him. Uh, and he's also, it's, it's also somebody who's got a name in the business coming up in the business. The producer just produced Jimmy Allen with Broken Bow Records. Um, which another uh, guy, Cam Marlowe, introduced me to my friend Andrew. Andrew's acted as my manager right now. He's helped me get on playlists with Spotify and everything. He's got, you know, had me meetings with the nice publishing companies that I met with that, that people there for 10 years haven't got. So right. that show led me to people that got me what I'm setting up now, you know, and along with my, with my hustle. So the experience is great, you know, especially when you're laying out there and you ain't got shit to do, man. Weed's legal. You know, you're, yeah. not, supposed, <laughs> you're, not, supposed, you're not supposed to be smoking weed out there, but I did. Damn it. I not, not, you know, yeah. I don't. Well, you know, I, I, I just, yeah, I mean, I, I had it down as a bullet point and thanks for talking yeah. a little bit about it. Um, well, the cool, the, and one thing I would say is like the cool thing, man. And, and I had so many people coming up to me after, Hey man, like, you know, musicians around here. what do you, what do you think I should do to get on the voice? It's like, I'm the last person. Just try. All you can do is if you're coming up, it's just try, man. You know what I mean? If, if you want a record deal, try, if you want, I mean, I spent years like, you know, doing when I did my album, I spent years. I wouldn't take money off anybody or borrow money or just not raise that way to, I see yeah. people do the GoFundMe pages and I always, I'm not calling it bumming. I'm not, calling it that at all because not artists you got to do what us as artists got to do to make it in the industry that you know you know bars ain't paid no more than they were 30 years ago 40 years ago yeah you know uh so in order to make it you got to play a ton i mean if you're lucky selling merch if you're um so doing a 14 15 000 ep is untouchable for most of us you know what i mean I, I just got lucky and, and had some backers and, and some close friends offer and I wasn't going to take it. You know, of course I took it as like, you know, people wanting to get behind you and you know, people talk to me and man, dude, go do this album and be like, this I can't afford it. Yes, you can. We'll, we'll help you. You know what I mean? Mm. And it, if you're a musician, it's great to have people like that, um, that, that are in your corner. But as a, as a prideful man as I am, it was hard to accept, you know, and now, but I take it as I just work 10 times harder to get it back to them. You know what right. I mean? 10 times right. harder to, to, which, you know, I just, I got lucky. I paid half of myself and then half was a sponsorship. And, uh, that's great. So, so <clears throat> you know, and all the singles and stuff, I just paid for myself, but it, it, it's, there's no one way to go about it, man. If you can get, I will say people, recordings matter and no you don't have to have a, a producer who's got a number one hit producer album but it damn sure helps you know what i mean right and and, if, and first of all when you get a producer just the fact that he wanted to work with me is the main thing it's not like you call them and set up an appointment you know what i mean they're already doing stuff so he listened to my stuff and was like man i really want to produce this guy you know what i mean so the voice all led to that so i cannot complain about it it was i had a great time laying by a pool in Los Angeles and got to see how cool tracks work with cameras. And man, I had uh, a slew of guitars to play that they had there, you know? So, I mean, and vocal coaching helped me out tremendously. My vocals have skyrocketed since then. I never had vocal coaching except for course in school. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and my vocals got 10 times better after, especially I was quit smoking. So. 
<laughs> Stop smoking, kids. It'll kill you. Well, you've got the new uh, single that's out. It's been out for a little bit. Yeah, since October. Yeah. And uh, what what's what what are the future plans looking like for you? Despite we, uh, everything that's going on, we are actually. I'm going tonight to lay down the uh, acoustic tracks and click to a click and my vocal tracks for it, which would be all scratch tracks. Yes, you know got but, tracks, uh, yeah. I've got we, – we recorded this song in the studio just – we're going to release it. We were just putting it um, – just working on it, trying to see how we get it live, you know, and if we got it down, we got it down. And I usually do like a demo here then send it to Eric. Um, that's how I've done it so far. Like do a demo here. Is Eric in Nashville? Band. Yeah, he's in Nashville. Okay. We recorded we recorded the EP at uh, Zach Brown Studios, um, cool. Southern Ground, and then we finished the vocals at Eric's place. And uh, the the single we did, you know, it's easier to bounce it around from guy to guy. A lot of a lot of the studio musicians. I use a lot of the top pickers. I I think it's just worth the money. You know, my guys, my guys, my band, we could all go do it, but none of us play studio. And it, you just don't understand the difference of, of how these guys can get it done quick. And, and if you pick the right people, like I listen to albums and be like, I like that guitar player and I want this guy. And, hey, Eric, do you know this guy? Yeah, I know him. I'd like him to play them. And so you kind of pick and choose how, but the guys that are on mine, the same guys that was on Cody Johnson's album, right? stuff like that. He, that kind of 90s country, red dirt kind of, I don't know. I just call it country ass music. Eric said I need to get a shirt that says country ass music. Um, good, good merch piece. Yeah. And uh, so we're going down. We got a song and I was going to bounce around a few songs for them and see which one they wanted to pick. But Eric's pretty stuck on this one. And so am I, me and my bass player wrote it years back, probably six, seven years ago. Might not be that long, probably five or six years ago. Maybe it's called, uh, countryside ride through the countryside it's nothing like lyrically like it's it's a kind of a mid-tempo 90s feel-good groove song and it's just about riding around on drink beer but not it's not none of my songs are blatantly say let's go drink beer let's go to you know right it's but it's called ride through the countryside and it's talking it's basically talking about how it's been a while since we got to i know one of my favorite things like in springtime or even in certain seasons come up but like it's been a cold ass winter, you know, West Virginia and, and you know, it gets cold. There's nothing to do. Everything's right. So when the springtime finally hits, man, that you'll have that one evening where it's just like, but the fish are biting. You know what I mean? Like the, and the spring's coming on and you can just roll them windows down. And it's kind of one of those kind of feel good songs. And, uh, we're going to release it, especially after this. So it should be released right when everybody gets back to being normal. Yeah, and, uh, it, it's funny that you say that because, because oh, again, I'm beating this phrase to death. But we have a lot, we have a lot in common. I think yeah. on a songwriting level, because a lot of my stuff's more has been more introspective over the years, yeah. and just during this whole situation and pandemic, it's like, man, I just want to freaking rock out. So I'm like all the stuff I'm working on now, you know, fortunately I've got my whole studio 
here in North Carolina in multiple rooms. And I'm just like going to town with, with stuff that I just, I, I, I hope that I can play live again to people. Yeah. That, I mean, that's literally where the mindset is. It's like, man, it, I, I hope we can do this again. It's going to be – I got to get you to come down, man. You got to do a show at the Buck with us in Greenville, dude. Oh, dude, that would um, be great. Um, I always bring people in to do it with us, and I'm glad I'm in a position to do it at certain clubs, you know what I mean, and bring people in from all over. It ain't necessarily got to be country. It's just something different, you know, come in and, like, like get – hey, we're blessed, man. We play there, and it's packed out every time. And, you know, we you know, go to West Virginia, we get the same deal, and – you know, we just hit this stride of shows right before this happened, man, where it was just like right. – it was almost like people were coming for our concerts kind of thing. And, man, we just – you know, we still do covers. We still do – we pick and choose like what 90s covers, kind of influential stuff that, that sits with us that we want to rock out, that we love Hootie. playing live. Yeah, Hootie, yeah. <laughs> I love Hootie, man. You grew up no, with Hootie's Hootie. great, man. Uh, no, we don't do any Hootie yet, but I, I wouldn't be opposed to it. But, uh, <laughs> Dude, we, dude, I'll do anything if it sounds good. And my guy, like you said, we'll be in mid-set. My guitar player and my bass player are a lot younger than me, and they, they do like Fall Out Boy. Like right, right in the middle of a country, country set. But I leave the stage, give them time to, you know, they put just as much effort and, and sacrifice into this thing as I do. So that's why everybody's like, well, I don't just call it Mikel Buck. I was like, because I can't do it by myself. It's a band, Mikel Buck band. All my Allman Brothers band, Charlie Daniels band, Zach Brown band. I was just like that whole – having the band inclusive yeah, yeah and you kind of you kind of define yourself as one thing man we're, we're right now or we lose one guy from the unit or, or a girl from the unit man it would suck you know what i mean like it wouldn't be the same so <clears throat> i just think people put their heart and soul into it just as much as i do man so they were hey man i feel like playing like i think they worked on um some uh hollow notes not long ago and i love hollow notes oh hollow notes like, dude fantastic yeah, i'm like dude we didn't. They're like, they're, they get shocked when I'm like, dude. I said, like, dude, we need to throw that in there. They're like, what? I'm like, nobody would ever expect us to do it. It's like, I, I don't care what we play. I just, I don't want to play what other people are playing. Yeah. But if, if we're doing, if we're doing a cover, we have to do cover to kill. You know, we usually just do 90 minutes. But like, we we got to, uh, we got to cover some stuff that we do like influential stuff, and everybody does. You know, you go to Zach Brown, Eric Church. Anybody I've ever watched, they they always throw the old school covers. Johnny they, Cash, uh, man. Johnny, yeah, they just do. They always cover artists that you know. It breaks up. Even if you got sixty number one hits like George Strait, you still there? You still yeah? Okay. Bad. Okay. You, you, uh, yeah. Something something jumped. Yeah, it's, you're back. Uh, my 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 uh, battery thing. Oh yeah. yeah. But uh, even if you got. Even if you got 60, no one hits like George Strait, he still plays, you know, covers of his show, like covers he loves. So, like, anything, like, I don't care what we throw in, as long as it's fun, as long as we sound good doing it, that's what I want to do. Um, it ain't necessarily, you know, I know I only want to sing a certain type of song or certain type, you know, I'm not going to do a Florida Georgia Line song anymore or anything like that. Or, you know, it's just not my, my kind of thing. But if my guys want to play a Fallout Boy song, halfway through the set and rock it out. I think it's awesome, man. The crowd, look, nobody just listens to one genre of music. Right, you know? right. Nobody, nobody does. Dude, we was growing up on Creek Banks. We were blasting ACDC, Metallica, Johnny Cash, Snoop Dogg, uh, Biggie Smalls. We listen to everything. And I, I, I don't listen to 
our crowd only listens to this. Your crowd listens to Top 40 Radio and other shit just like everybody else's crowd does. Your right. crowd is not isolated and being different. I tell club owners that all the time. Your crowd is not isolated. There's an internet. It might used to be that way. Your radio only played 12 songs and everybody only knows those. It ain't like that anymore, Jack. You can play whatever the hell you want to. Um, as far as live shows and stuff, man, just being able, like you said, just I cannot wait to yeah. to get back because we were we were set on a high, we were rolling on high. Late, you know, we we did a show one way, and we were done with the show, and I never played the song Irish Road, um, hardly ever live. It's a it's a yeah, understandable. It's it's a meaningful song, and it's just you know bar setting, people you know drunk girls showing titties and whatever, you know, you just don't want to break out the depressing kind right. of Dylan vibe song in that. But like, man, we started walking off stage and the crowd started chanting Irish Road, Irish Road. Wow. So I ended the night from about 300 people and I can't remember what bar we was at, but, uh, ended the night with that and them singing the ooze back, which was just, I'm like, it blew my mind. You know what I mean? I was like, so I cannot, I'm like, I'm with you, dude. I cannot wait. To, to get back to it. Well, this has been great, man. Thanks so much for your time. I've, I've Dude, got a thanks quick, for having me. I've got a quick little thing that I do at the end. I call it the shootout round where okay. um, I'll say a word that's industry related to you and you just say the word back that comes, a word back that comes to mind. Okay. And no right or wrong <laughs> answers. Just totally. Think of it like your psychological test. Oh, God, I'm going to fail then. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Country. Hank Jr. Oh, dude, that's a damn good answer. <laughs> damn. Yeah. Man, I wasn't, I wasn't expecting that at all, man. I could, yeah. I could dig some Hank Williams. Oh, yeah. Williams or Jr., but Jr.'s juniors epitomizes everything that I've, I've – he wasn't afraid to rock out. He wasn't afraid to keep it country right. as shit. He wasn't afraid to play blues. He wasn't afraid, afraid to play R&B. Uh, I seen him live when I was a kid. Dude, it just blew my mind. You know what I mean? So Yeah. Guitar. Plus he has a beard. Guitar. Gibson J200, which I do not have. <laughs> I, have a, I have a 45 right here. I don't have the, I don't have oh, the that's nice. J200. Yeah. Vocal. Tired. <laughs> after doing, <laughs> after doing, so I just spit on myself. After doing so many shows, you get tired. Uh, mandolin. Sweet. Song. Song. Soul. Live. Hmm. Can't spit out a fast one for live. No backing tracks. Um, that that's that's a yes. Just yeah. yes. It's uh, not live. It's not live if you're not playing live. Right. Um, studio. Struggling. <laughs> it's just it's a pain in the ass, man. It it really is. It's fun, but it's a pain in the ass. Writing. Therapeutic. Album. <sighs> Album's like a book. 
like if you you put your work together like a book an album should be like a book every song should tie in each other makes sense like a compilation single Mm. it's like prelude to it's like a peek at what you are I, i think of singles i think of like put a song out there that gives you a sneak peek of what's coming touring lifelong dream club Stale beer. <laughs> they all smell the same. I know, man. And the, the <laughs> they, floors always all, stick. They all smell the same. They all have that. Like my speakers smell like it. <laughs> Dude, I miss it. Now that you're talking about <laughs> I mean, it, it's like, man, I haven't smelled that I, in a while. I opened, I opened my trailer the other day, man. I was <laughs> to get some merch out or something, man. And it was that club stench hit me. I was like, oh, man, I'm ready to get this. Yeah. I'm ready. I popped the van door open. It was like that that smell of the van, feet, cigarette, weed smoke, just, you know, just, it, I'm like, ah, I'm ready to get back at it. Yeah. Arena. Craziness. Yeah. Like, like, like that's going to be the crazy part of when I get there, it's going to be unbelievably crazy. West Virginia. Home. North Carolina. Home base. Last one, most important, pizza. Meat lovers. Yes. <laughs> yeah. One, yeah, one get, last uh, – what are you going to say? I, 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 you know, I love North Carolina, and it's not, it's not necessarily um, – my home, but I love it here. But like, man, I miss the mountains. I, I'm a mountain guy. I'm a freshwater trout fishing, hiking up steep cliff mountain man. And uh, that's the only part I miss when I'm down here. It's just I go home all the time to the mountain man. Just, yeah, I just title. dude. It's just it's just this own lifestyle up here. You know, I like like I like salt water and the beaches and stuff like that, man. But I I just I'd take a mountain stream over at any time. Yeah. White-tailed deer chasing turkey and trout fishing and just floating. I don't know. Down here, you can't. People just tie their boats together. Right. Up home, man, we find a stream. Everybody ties their tubes together, and it carries you down. And, you know, they even make tubes with cooler holders in them and stuff. like It's crazy. Oh, man. Yeah. That's <laughs> it's great. life. Yeah, it's like lazy river floating. It's great. That's yeah. great. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've got one last question that I ask everybody, which is if you could go back in time to your 15-year-old self, knowing what you know now, what would you tell them? To shut up and listen. Probably, yeah, just, yeah, I'd probably punch myself, just to be honest. I'd, <laughs> I'd, punch, I'd punch the shit out of myself. I, I really would. Like, wear condoms, dummy, and just <laughs> shut, the, shut, shut the fuck up. You don't know shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah you know you know that you're when you're when you're this age you're gonna meet this one person walk the fuck away that you know okay. <laughs> <laughs> like i've got plenty of songs over heartache but ain't none of them worth it you ever know you ever notice that <laughs> like ain't none of them not worth yet <laughs> not not yet and i mean and i yeah. feel the same way man but uh yeah. it's 
Yeah, I, I think it, it's all. I think it's all. I think it's all worth it in the end. I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna choose to believe that. As yeah, I mean, it, sometimes I don't. Yeah, want to that. yeah. I mean, art artists are. We're all weird, dude. Yeah, we, dude. We like. We like to think we're we're normal. We like connect normally with each other, but we're a weird group of people. You know, um, I mean that's that's why we talked about earlier not fitting in anywhere. It's just, I've always had this mindset that's just different than what I'm around. Like, you know, like I could go way into it, like <clears throat> to just the fact that you know the normal, but people trending and all this stuff. And I've always just kind of been to myself about it. And like, man, that's just not me. That's not me. That's not me. And then once you find out who you are, you stick with it and. It when you when you, I think a lot of people see that in you and they think it's weird, but you're just yourself, you know, and they don't get you, yeah, you know. Uh, so we're we're all nuts. It it it, it, it I, you know we were out in L.A. and you realize we all got along great. I'm like we're all we're all, this this is a crazy house, man. All of us are nuts. You know what I mean? The the songs we spit out out there, people are like I wrote Irish Road out there. I finished it out there. I've been writing. And it just put me in a place where I don't know why it had to be LA that I finally finished that song. With, but like, um, being around all those crazy ass artists, man, we're, we're all nuts. We're all, we all got our little quirks and quims and stuff like that. But it's a beautiful thing, man. Think of the art that's came out over the years. You know, Stevie Wonder, Stevie Ray yeah. Vaughan, pain and every suffering he's went through and, and, BB, I, I saw BB King live one time, man. Just thinking about, you could feel it. You could feel it in his music, man. Didn't even have to say anything. You could feel it when he played it to you. I, I actually opened up for him twice at DPAC in like that whole. And I think the one of the times, what's his name? Oh my God, Robert Cray yeah. was there too yeah. playing. Yeah, and this this was like a year or two before BB passed away, and um, I was like, I can't believe this guy's still doing this. I, I can't, yeah. you know, because he was he was how he had diabetes then, and yeah. they were bringing. And I saw him. I saw him close to the end of it too, and uh, yeah, I, you know, people. Who, who I'll ask you this, and hopefully my phone won't die. So thanks for having me. I'm gonna say this. Thanks for having me, man. It was awesome. Yeah, man. Thank you. you. I, I, I I'm always nervous and shy about talking because i don't think i make any sense but uh in my mind it all works out <laughs> the, no i think listen uh, man I, th I think i think it'll be quite the opposite when if you yeah. decide to watch or you know when you're yeah i will watch i'll repost yeah I'll repost. I, I, uh, I really think this this was a really interesting interview because i've wanted to hear some of these things from other folks that have been on they just weren't as candid about it they weren't yeah. as open um, yeah, I mean, I don't think I stepped on any toes. I just, I just, I don't look at it as stepping on toes. I just, I look at it from an outside perspective of, of music. Like I said, there's music for everybody. It, but it's like in Nashville, you have to agree or you, people want you to agree. It's like, oh yeah, Sam Hunt. It's like, I'm not going to put him down. I think that guy's the most clever songwriter in our generation here lately. You know, it's, I, I don't necessarily listen to it. I don't call it, I don't necessarily think it's my brand of country music. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Uh, but I'm not going to take away the guys definitely coming up with some genius shit. You know what I mean? Right. Like a back road stuff like that. You know, it's just not my cup of tea. Right. I think so many people want to get up here and bash it. 
and and say, oh, that ain't real country music. You know, it's just music. I think as an artist, we always look at it differently. I don't necessarily, I don't listen to it. You know what I mean? I don't listen to Colt Ford. I opened up for Colt Ford. I've never, I don't I can tell you one Colt Ford song. You know what I mean? It's just not my cup of tea. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't tell you, you know, a, a lot about a lot of music that I don't listen to. I can just explain why I'm into what I'm into. You know? Well, cool, man. Thanks again. This was this was really great. Yeah, dude, I enjoyed it, man. It, it definitely made the day go by a little quicker. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot me the link, dude. Let's get together as soon as it's over, man. Let's see. I'll buy you. Yeah, man. We gotta we gotta hang. We gotta yeah. We gotta do something. I know the <laughs> phases are starting to titrate up. Well, yeah. Down or up or whatever at this point. So you know the world is kind of opening up. We gotta we gotta get together soon. My opinion on it's all horseshit. <laughs> I, honestly man i'm worship. I, I you know i i i people are dying from it i i just don't i don't understand why it's turned into what it's turned into i understand that it the martians are coming man the martians are coming and i get getting ahead of it not knowing the fear of it but it also, I, if if something's not you right, you can't lie to the you can't lie to the population that see it with their own eyes. The hospital wings are empty, and they're sitting there telling you they're full. I mean, yeah. we know you know. Talk to anybody in the medical field. Why are you laying off nurses and firefighters and stuff if you're if it's so needed? Um, why are there more deaths from the flu not being numbered? Why are they padding the numbers to to? We can go on and on. I'm yeah. just saying, I'm, yeah. I, I don't want anybody to die. You know, I was, we were talking to my 83 year old grandmother who still goes grocery shopping. I'm like, my mom stopped. Yeah. And she's like, she, she's, 80, <laughs> she's 83. She went, yeah, she went, yeah. Yeah. She lived, through the, she lived through the Great Depression. Yeah. Kind of you know what I mean? And World War II and Vietnam and Iraq, you know, she don't care. She's like, if whatever, it's my time to go, it's my time to go. So, I mean, she wore a mask. We made her wear a mask, but she, I guarantee you she took it off. And, like, she's like, it is what it yeah. is. I mean, um, yeah, I, I, I don't like politics at all, man. I, to me, it's like asking <laughs> asking me what shark I want to bite me in the ass, either the great white or the make it. They're all – they both suck. You know what I mean? It's like – I. One of, my, one of my favorite lines is uh, Elvis. He was, was said something in an interview from way, way back, and it was like, "I'm not a music, I'm not a politician. I'm a musician." And I was like, yeah. "Man, that's that's just stellar." Yeah. I, well, there's a thing called political science, and if you had to put politics and science together, you know it's fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Uh, the, the the problem is you can't fool everybody like you used to be able to. And and at the and at the end of the day, man, it's like I just I honestly I, I don't think I, I don't think we can really make that much of a difference. You might be able to on a micro scale. Yeah, I don't, you know, I'm not gonna tell anybody who to vote for. You vote for who you want to vote for and keep your mouth shut. Or, you know, it, but just because you sing a song or you're an actor or you you, you can fight real good. I don't give a fuck what you got to say about, like, uh, the best one to say is Dave Chappelle. Well, let me call Ja Rule and see what he who he's going to vote for. Well, who gives a shit? I don't care who you're going to vote for. I mean, um, 
I have my opinions, my strong opinions on stuff. I, I will say that, you know, I want everybody to be safe and happy and live a joyful life and listen to great music and put a smile on your face. And I think if everybody uh, would just smoke a joint, the world would be a lot better place. <laughs> well, I got to say, man, you are um... – you, you might be my favorite country artist right now. Oh, I Let's just say, actually, you, so you, you probably are. And that's only yeah. from really – and I've, I've heard your stuff, obviously, when it was live four yeah. years ago when we played the same show. But yeah. just today alone, it's like, damn, Dude, gotta, this is good you, shit. You got you to you check out some other stuff, man. Like, uh, check out Corey Hunt, uh, Todd Holm, and Tyler Hatley, my buddies from North Carolina as well. Yeah. And, uh, great artist. Uh, uh, Check out uh, Parker McCollum. Check out Co Wetzel. If you, I, I, I think you would really like Co Wetzel. Man, he's a little bit more on the, on the heavy, heavier rock side. Little lyrical, right. little crazy lyrics. Uh, I think you would dig him, man. Out of that Texas Red Dirt stuff that's coming out nowadays. They're they're the new class of it. Uh, and then go back and listen to man. Listen to like Robert O'Kane, even though some of it's like Texas swing type stuff, but lyrically it's just amazing stuff. Yeah, man. So. Well, well, good talk to you, man. I'll let you go for my phone dies. I just want. To yeah, and I've got I've, I've got another one at six, and it's six twenty. Oh, God. So I, was, I was texting my her. I was like, "Yeah, it's going to be a little <laughs> little bit later." But I, oh, wanted, yeah. I wanted to cover this, man. This is good stuff. All right, brother. I appreciate it, man. All right, bro. We'll talk to we'll you see. later. All right, later, bro. You guys have been watching the Jason Amico show. Thanks so much for tuning in and uh, check out Mikel's information in the description box below or to the sides subscribe and we'll see you guys later peace